Do we want to start with British Open while it's all fresh in our minds? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes the most sense. I love dodgeball. So, <laughs> that, is the end, that is the end of the podcast. Great British Open this year, guys. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out who we owe official apologies to. The first being Valkyries. I do apologise for leaving you off our top three predictions. Um, and thank you for just hammering me on social media ever since. That was very enjoyable last night. Um, who else did we get? So also congratulations to Queen Bees, who weren't in our top three prediction and came second. So silver medal for them. Uh, props to Dave for correctly calling the eventual men's winners, which we have proof of in a chat somewhere. Thank you. Um, and congratulations to Minotaurs too for meaning that our prediction of Minotaurs was right just the wrong team (laughs) I love these technicalities we did only specify Minotaur Dodge as a whole we didn't say say which one oh and shout out to Spons for teaching me how to use the tag feature on Instagram (laughs) which has improved the quality of our social media content although it's still run by me so it's still not very good um yeah, do you guys want to talk about the men's first then, seeing as that was first, like, chronologically as well as anything else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so I suppose, big shout out to Storm um, for winning the... Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. <laughs> if, if you haven't already watched it. <laughs> um, Storm men beating out to uh, Killer Bees in the men's final. Um Unfortunately, didn't get to see it because I think we were playing at that point, were we not? Uh, yeah, we. I think the third place was. Well, we had a bit. We had a little bit of run over. I made made it over to see the the final, like two or three minutes. Well, which is most of the first half in in this format. Uh, we saw pretty much all the second half, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it was a another great game. One of I think many over the weekend. Definitely a weekend of upsets. I think across the board, like there was lots of teams drawing or, or winning against teams you might not have fancied pre-tournament so I think it's always good at an open you never quite know what you're going to get oh big up as ever to MK Cyclones I got the only correct wildcard prediction for the men's top 8 <laughs> and are we apologising to Bedford Rangers or are we just concluding that's their own fault I, I, don't, I don't think they want to talk about it yeah. After, after that 13-11 loss to the Legend Express as well to Rob Salt in the Woods <laughs> actually get on uh, they had a great time I don't think the results really <laughs> went their way yeah because it was a different to express to what we were expecting and they were in a lot of our predictions until the team came out and then people had a quick <laughs> rethink <laughs> which I'm sure is a uh, I'm sure well, that's it's, not it's, very yeah. delicious of you Catherine no, we'll, we'll edit this bit out it's fine I'm, I'm not sure that was quite a good retort from Dave I feel like that was deserves to stay in it's fine, <laughs> Catherine's a pro at like social media apology, like, yeah. apologies at the minute, so... <laughs> Just add them to the yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I said, lo- lots of upsets and lots of really good dodgeball, obviously. There was there was one, um, minus I was drawing with Storm 2 quite dramatically, was, I managed to catch the last few bit of that, that was amazing. Um, yeah, a few, obviously, there was a few big names who didn't make it to Sunday, uh, obviously Minotaurs, um, both Bedfords, you know, those upsets... Wessex across as well. the way Wessex didn't, didn't make it yeah so a lot of Super League teams didn't make it past the first hurdle which uh, you know it's quite nice we get so stuck into league throughout the year we forget how kind of fun and open can be and surprising sometimes um, especially you know well, we'll, we'll, we were the beneficiaries of that a little bit ourselves yeah. um, getting kind of as far as we did but yeah it's, it's a good it's a good chance to play someone new try out a new few new things like Meteors gave a few debuts to lads who've been training with them for you know 18 months or so um, and they played really well some of the younger lads so so fair play on debut um, and yeah it, I think I think it showed that the the teams who came I suppose full strength went went really far um, obviously I think the final were the two teams probably at full strength I think from yeah maybe like one or two exceptions but yeah one, like, one or two yeah, missing yeah. from each but as, a, as an overall I think compared to everyone else it's just yeah it's just a demonstration that how much of a team game it is I think sometimes everyone else having to step in. Yeah, I mean, it's like the fact that it's also just a completely different game style to the leagues that we've been so bogged down in recently. Short, shorter halves and wall to wall are just two different dynamics on the game that actually work in favour for a lot of teams that ended up doing 
doing really well. Storm, for example, their throwing game is massively suited from wall to wall more so than it is from net to net. And it's just that this, the sheer power and ball control that they get off the back of that is pretty much what killed it for bees in the final. Did anyone see that they got Sam Laverty's catch on camera? So I wasn't able to be there at the weekend, but I was living vicariously through Facebook. And um, they put the final, They I think they were live streaming most of it or some of the final. And literally you turn it on, if anyone's got London Storm Dodgeball on Facebook, go and have a look. And um, something, 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 Will's in the front of shot like James and Fakes, they go and do a throw. And then Sam does this amazing tombstone and almost a backwards roll and just stands up holding a ball. And when you consider the pace, like he must have been halfway up court, it's come at pace off one of the bees lads. It's just such a ridiculously good catch. And I was like, that's the standard of the day. Like, yeah, no, um, it's really ridiculous. He did mention that to me actually. He was on about how um, just before that tombstone catch as well, his back has been playing up a bit. So he, he, he did the tombstone catch on a bad back. On <laughs> a just, horrible on, floor. On a horrible that's floor, like, yeah. Because Canuck floor is not the nicest as a lot of players um, found out the weekend because quite a few injuries from this British Open, I think. Um, Very but, true. Yeah, but yeah. Um, men's wise, me, I think. Um, big shout out to Bally Hackamore. Like yeah. they, they, they've come over for for the two days. Um, their men's team has put on an absolute show and walked away ha- very happily with a third place medal. Um, which from playing against them in the third fourth place playoff, it was very very well deserved. Yeah, always a, always a pleasure to play against those guys as well. This is that's, that's what that's what makes these teams these events really like really 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 good because we as sheriffs men's ended up playing against both uh club norlan and bally hackamore two teams that and granite city oh and gcg yeah of course yeah can't forget them um yeah just playing playing teams from all over the shop that we don't get the chance to play any other time yeah and that's that's what i said it just it all kind of goes back to it it's nice to get a bit of variation um it feels like you play the same teams all the time and um I know that some of the Super League teams said the same thing. The ones who've been in there for a while, the ones that you know, you more kind of established teams, are all saying, you know, it's nice to have a bit of variation, try out a few new tactics and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think Saturday was was a really good day, um, and then obviously led into Sunday in the finals and whatnot, which was it was good that we could do that kind of a, alongside the women's games as well. I think that well done on the scheduling to get those two things running so coherently together. It's not as difficult when you've got how many teams? Also, thirty-five yeah, men's 35 and twenty-five women's. No, not quite that many, but well, we're saying, up, know, up right? to twenty-five groups on there. Yeah. Over fifty teams. Yeah, over fifty teams across the weekend, and and to make it run that well, like fair fair play to obviously Gareth, Alex, and everyone else involved in scheduling. Um, that <laughs> can't be easy. Um, but yeah, it was. A, I, I I we had a really good day. I mean, weekend fourth and rubber. You know, so I pat ourselves on the back a little bit. I was going to say, rub our backs. That's a weird one to go with. <laughs> but pat ourselves on the back, you know. We, we, <laughs> you know, you know, coming forth for us was, was really big. It, it shows there and it's, it gives teams outside of Super League a bit of a confidence boost as well. Minotaur 2s will probably be taking that back into League as well. Now they'll be feeling absolutely oh, yeah, buzzing off their result of the weekend as well. So, yeah, it's a great weekend on the men's side. And how much difference do people think the eight-minute format does make? So to teams that are very, as, you, as Sam says, we're really used to playing 15 minutes, net to net, you can slow it down quite effectively. Um, do you think, you mentioned that throwing power was really key in how well Storm did. And I mean, it's really key with how well Storm do at any time because they just have such powerful throws. But do you think the more adaptive teams find it less difficult or is it more a case mm. of if you because what one thing i think we have lost since we've moved to george's park is i think people's ball control can sometimes be quite not necessarily sloppy but it's not as important as it was when we used to play at new college all the time and you just got absolutely hammered if you gave someone three balls in the first first 30 seconds do you think people were adapting to that or is it still sort of exposing maybe the experience and the less experienced teams i think a little bit yeah i think if we use ourselves again as the example, um, going into that B semi-final, you know, they were winning the middle ball each time, starting with three. And when they came up and released a single, their two hell players were so far forward that our wingers couldn't really risk going forward. So they literally just kind of kept us pinned in so until either got the hit or the ball would bounce back off the wall and just kind of reload and go again. And with a team of that many arms, and over eight minute half, they keep doing that and rack up a lead. I think we were 9-1 at half time. That means second half we have to come flying out and we have to be super aggressive, which means we're going more forward, which creates 
more mistakes and more chances to Prouts as well and it's a more risky game strategy and they took advantage of that and, and carried you know pushed through second half I think that was a theme of the weekend whoever controlled three balls tend to win the game um, wall to wall having two balls and relying on countering is so much more difficult um, especially when you get to the latter stages I think you, you alluded to it as well the um the sheer amount of dodgeball that gets played in a three-minute game from when you're playing wall-to-wall, just the sheer... The, the pace of the game is so much faster because, like, Richard, there's no time for retrievers to go and get the balls and all the rest of it. There's... It's just the ball... The balls are on court constantly, bouncing back off balls and all the rest of it. And there are just so many more phases of play that happen within a three-minute game, and especially when teams are afford to go hyper-aggressive throwing against a back wall knowing that ball control is more likely going to be their friend the, the sheer amount of sets that get played in an eight minute game tends to be the, the sheer rate of sets you get through tends to be so much so much more stark in comparison to in comparison to the going to the league at St George's Park so that's a, a dynamic that particularly worked for us in, this, in our Spartans game and more for bees in their game against us in the semi yeah no absolutely I think um, I think the sort of eight minute format and wall to wall definitely lends itself to those faster pace throwing teams because um, like Sam said they just the balls are just bounce off the wall coming straight back to you there's no time for no time for any of the retrievers sort of to, to get the balls on court which then will delay the rest five seconds and like the balls are in hand so much quicker in this that I think quite quite feasibly and quite easily you can get just as many sets in the in the two eight minute half format as you can in the, the the sort of thirty minute game league format that we see at St George's Park, just because of the, the smallness of the courts and how rapidly those balls are, are flying to and from player to player, I think. I think the only thing moving forward might be if, now we have limited opens is maybe for say semis and finals, maybe stretching that out a little bit. Whether we don't necessarily go up to fifteen minutes, say twelve or whatever it is, give I think give a bit more time. Um, because in theory, by the time you get to the final four, you you should have at least four of, I suppose, the, the better teams there. So the quality of the match should be pretty high and pretty even. So, you know, an exhibit that's longer for that can't be a bad thing for, for spectators, anyone streaming, anyone who wants to watch and learn. But obviously, I know with so many teams, it's difficult to fit in more match time than there was already. Um, but yeah, I think maybe if we had a bit more time for the, for the semis or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's a good change. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that um, extended time for sort of semi-finals and finals, just because it's going. I think as a spectator, it will allow for much more enjoyability because there's times for there's there's a lot more time for teams to adapt to how their opponents are playing. You know, you could see you could see one team absolute power through eight minutes, and then see their opponents say maybe three or four sets down having to really change their game plan in such a short amount of time I think if we if, I think if we, what I'm trying to say is that if we extended it say 12 minutes there'll be so much variation in gameplay from teams that it'll be much more enjoyable to watch and I think teams will take a lot away from it in the, how they can adapt their individual games so it'll be it'll be very good from a perspective point of view and from a development point of view as well yeah I think you've, that's another interesting point is there, there, while there were a fair few upsets at the weekend it, there weren't really many comebacks as such it was often like teams going tit for tat for the entire two eight minute halves or a team would get, get a lead and then there wasn't enough time to really to pull it back the only time where it really looked like where from my memory where it looked like it was going to happen was in the women's final um, but yeah more on that later or now if we're done talking about the men's anyway <laughs> good, good segue Sam good segue I think we should get a segue noise and you should have a like ding successful segue to Sam <laughs> point, yeah. point scoring aren't we point scoring well yeah it was just if we're going to move on to the women so I was just chatting to Sophia about something similar in the I think the one difference with, with with the wall-to-wall, would you guys agree that if you are in a situation, say you're down to two players or you're down, or even just on your own, if you're in a wall-to-wall situation, you have the balls. If you back yourself to throw, you're actually in a much more powerful position than you would be in that situation at in a net-to-net scenario. So 
I think in some cases where potentially the firepower isn't particularly evenly matched, there it does give teams that way back into the game. And if they can just control the balls for a few sets, they can just sort of, on a balance of probability, if you throw enough balls, someone will get hit by one of them eventually. And if you keep getting the balls back, if you're prepared to like, and I think Sophia mentioned particularly the share of seconds, Nighthawks, um, women's game, two, two of the girls, especially on the Nighthawks teams, just absolutely went for it. And if you're prepared to just absolutely knack your arm out for eight minutes straight, you can really make a difference in those kind of sets, potentially more so in the women's because the speed is like the speed of throwing is slightly slower. I don't know whether that's a fair comment or not. But I, I, would you I, agree? I think for the women's game, it's a bit harder to judge because it's such less single ball game. Yeah. I think in the men's, like if if you're if you're down in the in the men's, there's, there's so so many men, in, especially who so will, will back themselves to throw out by themselves, whether they've got teammates or not on court. They'll still. <laughs> they'll still commit to it whereas in the women's game it's more inherent to release two as a starting point as an attack anyway um, and to go to your point of obviously if you keep throwing you, you will get hit more often than not if you have one person who keeps kind of lamping singles down in the women's it actually more than often will lead to a catch a lot of the time because the catching quality in the women's super league is so high there's so many people who are just great at taking those singles whether it's kind of high or low then it, it kind of puts people off a little bit because they, they simply don't throw as hard as you said. Um, I think it depends how far through the weekend. First game of the day, yeah, you might pack yourself, but if you get as far as the semi-finals, final, third place, you're getting quite tired by that point where <laughs> in both in both um, both genders. So I think it's um, it's a bit different. But yeah, I, I think if you're right, if you back yourself, 100%, why not? If you think you get, if I miss it, it's going to hit the wall and come back, go for it. I think it's just a bit different because not as many women's teams train to throw singles normally. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think there's also that big aversion. I think so. it's still so ingrained in a lot of female players who've come through from three ball. I was trying to explain this. We had a new guy come down to Sheriffs last week. And he's been playing at Union, dropped in for a few sessions. And someone got chatting to him about three ball. And of course, that's like complete, like <laughs> yeah, the, de- the beginning of yeah. time to him. We were saying like, oh, it's like, oh, back in the day, get two hits, throw to miss for two and a half minutes, absolute standard. Yeah. And I think there's still that element in the women's game, I find personally anyway, where it takes a lot to gear yourself up to go, no, I'm actually just going to throw one ball at them and hit them. Because as you say, the quality of catching is so high. I still don't think we've got to a point in women's where there's anyone who can throw harder than someone can catch, which you would argue in some of the men's games, it, like in a good situation, in a on a perfect throw, I'd back any of you guys to take a catch off some of the biggest arms, but match pressure. Even you, Dave. Even you. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think Bees would disagree with that. Seeing as Liam and Nick spent the whole first half just hitting me in the chest. I caught my so. even I caught Liam. <laughs> so I think I won't, I won't let him forget that at Wales training next week. <laughs> <laughs> so fair, it's one of the scariest moments of my entire life. Wales training about eighteen months ago, we decided to work out who could do suicides. So I was like, oh, that's great. I'm the coach. I'll stand there and get suicided at. This was a bad idea. My next best idea was, oh, look, there's a large bin. They've got like a wheelie bin. So we wheeled the wheelie bin onto court. I was like, everyone suicide the wheelie bin. But of course, people could hit it that hard. It was then falling over. So I spent five minutes crouched behind a wheelie bin, <laughs> feeling like I was in a war zone. And who <laughs> says we're not involved in a glamorous sport? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, because if you if you want those kind of coaching, that kind of dedicated coaching, do come to Wales Trials this Saturday, where I will assuming personally. We get, hide assuming we get this out within a week. Yeah, or last. Well, I hope it went well last week. Yeah. <laughs> if you never hear from me again, I'm stuck behind a wheelie bin somewhere in Cardiff. Well, well, there's the title for the episode. Sorted. <laughs> stuck behind a wheelie bin in Cardiff. Yeah. Well, yeah. If we look at the the actual like carrying on with the theme of the women's game, obviously looking at. Um, as we are yesterday, <laughs> as we record this. <laughs> so long ago. So long ago. All whole 24 hours. Someone tell my body that, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been long enough now. You, you can stop aching. I thought it was it was an awesome day of dodgeball. Oh, like yeah. the, the quality. Don't the, <laughs> well, the quality th- throughout was was really good. Like, yeah, there were some of the again the I suppose the lesser known smaller teams, if you will. Um, came up and really put in a good show throughout um, all, all the time um, you know not, not really anyone was not really dropping sets at any point you know there, was, there wasn't many kind of 
people being steamrolled a lot throughout. It was there were so many close games throughout the day, which I think is really good to see. Um, yeah, obviously we, we all kind of saw a fair amount. I reckon there was, yeah. was so there was a few upsets in our early predictions, which I think again is good. Then keeps that variety yeah, same same in the men's, but again, um, yeah, just <laughs> just a really <laughs> solid day to watch. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, yesterday's British Open was probably one of the most exciting sort of days of dodgeball out, out of the international scene that I've seen. Um, just because watching each of the teams throughout the day in all of the women's sort of groups and then when it was coming to the the, the quarterfinals for the men, it, it was very difficult to pick who was going to win that match in a, in a lot of the games. Like, you had teams who don't really play each other that much going toe-to-toe quite easily um, and sorry Catherine but it was just one of the best days of dodgeball I had a great day sat on my laptop typing <laughs> I'm so happy for all of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and make my absolutely standard comment about just the more women you see playing dodgeball at this kind of level the better and yeah, I'm obviously like really proud of the girls for doing it without me. <laughs> Getting prompts from a side. <laughs> yeah, no, big shout out to the uni teams that came down as well. So in the men's, I think ABBA made it. ABBA Swift. ABBA yeah, Swift made, made it. it. Big shout out to ABBA, who are always uh, up for a challenge. Warwick were um, there as well. Yeah. Warwick, Warwick, I mean, we've chatted, we mentioned them a bit in terms of mixed, I think already yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. Where they are, li- like, legit contenders in that second league of mixed like I haven't played against them myself they look really switched on and they're going up against teams with obviously banks of experience compared to them but they're really just going toe to toe with some really really good people yeah always shout out to Abra I think it's so important to see like not only a university but a Welsh university coming down also come to Wales trials on Saturday (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I think yeah, I know Storm, I think a lot of people are going straight into exams. Storm, I meant Steel. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people are going straight into exams, so that will probably have been the reason why um, a number of like the commonly seen teams, so your Birmingham Lions, your Gauls of Steel, your Trent, probably might not have tried that. <laughs> <laughs> spot the old one out in that. Yeah, might not have made it down, but yeah, real props to those two. And then did we have women's uni teams as well? Uh, Aberystwyth, I've been to Aberystwyth with Wilms. Yes. And Wilmslow Wasps were back. Yes. Well, re rebranded. it was Wirral Wasps. Isn't it? No, it's a, no, it's a different team. No, they're different. different teams. Yeah, it's, I thought they'd, um, they'd fold and then gone into that one. Oh. Maybe. Because I saw a fair few juniors. A conglomeration of Wasps. Exactly. Is that the collective term? Is that because Hive say? has been taken? I was going to say, there's a Hive joke in there, but I wasn't sure if you were no. setting me up. It's like we've got more than one team. One, um, and apparently Club Lincoln were French. Yes, they yes, were. They were. So two French teams came down. But uh, I, I believe... Uh, yeah, two, two men's and one women's. Yeah. Two men's and one women's. Yes, because the, um, the, uh, speaking of uh, Club Lincoln as well, um, I was chatting with uh, Mark Meganson and they have um, a lot Nobody of... Nobody wants like, to see that. <laughs> Um, a lot of the um, Sam is out to offend people today. Jesus, bless, bless him. Uh, um, Mark knows how we feel. Yeah, I know. Token French person. <laughs> He's just so short. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, speaking of Club Lincoln, um, <laughs> I was chatting with Mark, and a lot of their players are only about 15, 16, so they had a lot of junior players, and to see the standard of play that they they were showing, um, because I believe they played our women's first. Or our, they, yeah, it was our women's first that they played against, and a lot of them were very difficult to hit because they were really rather agile. Well, they got some um, knockouts in the end. I they think. did, they yeah, got yeah. some knockouts and yeah, lost um, two boundaries, I think. In the yeah, it was, it was good to see, um, as it as is with with sort of any junior team, really, just the talent on play, just with such young people who still have so much ahead of them. Yeah, good. Well, yeah, obviously results for the women as well. Oh yeah. Uh, we didn't actually go over the results. Obviously, I just I just want to just want to say that just so I can prove again that um, you know I called that one as well. Called the men's and the women's winners. Shout out to our ladies' first team. And their excellent ball retrievers. Yes. <laughs> you don't go anywhere without good retrievers. Everyone knows that. It's key. <laughs> key. Absolutely key. Absolutely key. Yeah. James Shaw, you, you you did all right in the box, but yeah, you're really good at timing. <laughs> <laughs> you really good you at start timing. that stopwatch, James. <laughs> <laughs> 
He told us he doesn't listen, it's fine. How <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm heartbroken that he doesn't listen. Kirsty, if you're listening to this, tell James what we said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and then, um, yeah, big shout out to Manchester Bees. I think that's a really, really good performance from them, which is, it will be really interesting going into because that is the next league fixture, is Queen Bees versus Sheriffs. So. Thanks, thanks for your interest. I, I don't know. I don't even know who we're playing properly next week. I only know one of them. We so. are playing uh, Storm Two and Minotaurs Two. There we go. Thank you, John. I, so yeah, big, big, big week for us as well. Yeah, um, and the same in the in the men's. I believe in the next Super League it is Spartan Men's versus Killer Bees as well. Ooh. Let's go Bees. <laughs> I've already told Jaff bees are going to finish above Spartan, so it's fine. The podcast of shade today. This is ridiculous. <laughs> new year, new us. <laughs> First it was swearing, now it's just bringing people down. Well, yes, yeah, so obviously big league, but yeah, massive, massively well done to, to bees coming away with like silvers in both. That's great for the club as well. Great to see yeah. Ivy's back getting three women's teams in. Um, was really good to see. Obviously, I think they had three men's teams as well. Yeah, just so consistently bringing, consistently bringing so that many, many numbers. People. Like, that's just great for the sport that there's one club who's doing that much to promote it and get that many people consistently playing. Yeah. You know, there's only them, them and Storm who can um, who can boast those kind of numbers team wise. So, absolutely fair play. And we still, oh, we can refer back to, we'll shout out quickly before we do third and fourth to Bant Dodgeball for one of their better memes coming <laughs> out of this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't seen it, follow Bant Dodgeball on Instagram because it was fantastic. Um, and it's also their fault we're now on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, and massive congratulations to Spartans for coming fourth. Yep, yep. Yes, Spartans yes, fourth, because And Valkyries yes. for coming third. Hence why, why you apologised. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah, so no, a really good day after that. And we hope that everyone who sustained an injury over the weekend, of which there were quite a few of you, we hope you're all right. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, there was all sorts of things. I mean, there was knee injuries, broken fingers, split chins, all sorts. Um, but it's a really safe yes. sport, guys. You should definitely get yes. involved. Yes, it's, it's a good job everybody wears knee pads. Well, yeah, on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> we have failed to segue. Yes, uh, Sam, segue, go. <laughs> uh, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> Uni League, let's go. Uni League. Oh, shout out to. The Exeter University dodgeball team who listened to the podcast and sent me an Instagram you message. You don't mean Exeter. I do mean Exeter. You mean Essex. You mean Essex. Do I mean Essex? Essex. Wow, wow Catherine. Um, I yes. I also could go I'd like to shout out um, Essex dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> they do also podcast. exist. Essex dodgeball actually have done um, a few really good videos and stuff on their stories on Instagram at the minute, just of like the basic rules of dodgeball and a few tactics and stuff like that. And they're actually, they? yeah, they're actually re- really, really quite good how they've done them. Um, yeah, um, I was surprised because everyone was looking at us like, oh, like, it's, it's a new uni team, let's give them a follow. Um, and some of the stuff they've been posting on Instagram is really, really helpful, especially for the newer players and newer teams. Yeah, so I guess for, for those who aren't particularly familiar with the uni league format, uh, there is there is a uni super league that is across the entire nation. And then there are, uh, it's subdivided by region there. So there's a north a South and a Midlands uh, division, each of which has two tiers. So I don't know how it works from season to season, but my guess would be that... Um, I believe that's just just for the uh, men's division as well. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah there's just the, um, they have, the Midlands yeah, so, and South for women. Yeah, yeah we'll start with the women because now, now I've got the table up. Union of Nuts sitting pretty at the top. Is that women? Yes. yes. Sorry. Uh, no, no bias there from Catherine at all. <laughs> Mate, they're just now I've left, having successfully got two teams in a row renegated from their respective league. Balls of Steel are finally winning something. <laughs> women, that is. Now I. The men aren't doing too bad either. The, women, the men are doing fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm look, looking at that table. Um, so that's um, yeah, Balls of Steel sitting top. Um, it was Essex Lions, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've now logged on to the internet. Well, yeah, you said, look look at that table from the last, you know, two to three seasons. Uh, the usual suspects are all kind of floating towards us uh, near the top. Obviously, Steele, Birmingham, Warwick, um, all kind of fighting out on a sort of kind of points within one win of each other. And it, it's it's really good that there is kind of at least three teams all competing. Like, 
any one of those could beat the other. And it, if you looked at it, so oh, Warwick have beaten Steel, you wouldn't be shocked to see that. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I can see that happening, and vice versa, which I think is good for the kind of the competitiveness of that league, and especially it gives um, a lot of these teams having second and thirds. It gives the the freshers and new players something to look at. Um, and be like I want to be involved in those battles and hopefully if we get people like that then obviously after they finish uni they're already up for it and they'll then come into the community clubs near where they are where there is a new one as of today I believe Brighton Dodgeball so anyone yeah, on the yeah. south coast who need oh again there's more now <laughs> going now which is good um, but yeah that, that's the hope that you know we, we need these leagues to stay competitive so so people like us will still have people to play against in a few years which is good and people get the bug with it but I think it's quite a similar setup in the men's league as well it just shows the strength of a few of these unis and how a lot have been up there for a quite a few years as well, which is which is really good. So should we have a look at the South League? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, Winch, Winchester always like Winchester have been so consistent. I mean, at least since I've been playing dodgeball, they've always been producing sort of quality men's sides, and I mean and women's as well. They were very consistently fielding at least one or two men's teams and then a strong women's turnout as well so good to see them at the top of the South League and then Southampton who am I right I think they dropped off the face of the earth a little bit for uh, a few well years. clearly they're not a second in the league yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well obviously obviously I'm not, I'm not the only one at this table who's been out of the university game for a while um, I did play against Southampton at the time and then obviously yeah, I don't feel like I heard their name for a while, but obviously you, you don't always stay in touch just after you finish. But the fact, if that is the case and they took a year out or whatever it was, the fact the second now, that's very well done to them uh, to come back after, you know, not being in that kind of contention. So it's absolutely fair play. Portsmouth always up there. They've been close. Interest one Imperial seems to be a bit up and down. Um, I believe they did quite well last year. Yeah, please, no, Please correct me if I'm wrong there. Definitely getting their, to finals day. Their men's side certainly did, yeah. 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 Um, and then, yeah, obviously UAE, there's a much bigger focus in that part of the world now, which is good yeah. um, coming out. And yeah, obviously, again, the, you said Winchester have always been up there. They're there again. Quality always shows through. So absolutely fair play. As we look at men's Super League, it's the exact same top three, granted in a slightly different order, as it is in the women's, Birmingham, Steel, Warwick. Um Again, like I said, they just echo everything I said about the women's super league. Just copy and paste over to here. That's that's like great to see. Obviously, people like Sheffield have been really good in the U leagues for a few years now. Leicester have been there for since pretty much as, days, yeah. since since I was playing um, U league as well. So good, good there. So there, and again, Imperial back. I know not having the best season so far, but there's still plenty of time to turn it round. So absolutely. Yeah. I think a good thing to note as well is, is uh, those uh, top three Super League um, uni teams there, they've quite historically um, sort of gave us a lot of the sort of community players that we know today and a lot of the names that sort of live in the Hall of Fame yeah. type, of, as yeah. it were. Yeah, um, like Birmingham Lions have, have sent through a, lo- a lot of their a lot of their men's and women's players. I, I want to see I want to <laughs> see who's in your dodgeball Hall of Fame. I thought you were going to say people that we know and love, and I thought that was going to be really cute after a lot of nasty things. You have a dodgeball people hall of fame. Fingers are not the following. <laughs> yeah. from, from people from those three universities. <laughs> we, we can all give that's a shout the, out to James Woodhouse. We can. Oh, what a man. Do like James Woodhouse. And that's the end of the list, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Deservedly so. Josh Keys. He still he, plays. He yeah, he's still there now. I think he meant alumni. Oh, I see. Um, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> alumni. <laughs> <laughs> so we had five minutes of Jordan not remembering the word. That's okay. Alumni. I'll just give the word to the English graduate. <laughs> That's what you get for getting a BA. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they are just, yeah, as you say, sort of fairly. Is prestigious a really arsehole word to use in this context? No, not at well all. Well established university clubs. I mean, half of Wales International women's side at one point. And still currently, is Birmingham Lions alumni or not alumni? That was an students. awful sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really struggling. I feel like I peaked. No, but it's like I said, obviously, before before the Uni League split, yeah, um, University of Nottingham were in the Super League or what was obviously DPL. DPL, DPL at the day. time. Um, they, they were there then mixing it up with all the top community clubs. So to see the fact they're still at the top yeah. here, just to show that longevity, you're right. You know, in terms of university clubs, they've got to be up there as much as that pains me to say it. 
as a um, as a prestigious uni club, and same for Birmingham. What's this? Five, six years. Their women's team to be, has, has always been the men's team three, four years ago caught right up. Yeah, no, they had a real. They've always had such a historically strong women's side, and then the men have really been coming through hard for the last couple of years. And often you see, I don't know quite how the qualification worked, but I believe they weren't letting seconds teams into the Super League. Correct. I think. Um, yes. Yes. There was. So this, yeah. It's really worth shouting out the fact that both steel and Lions for sure and quite possibly the Warwick second teams are also really good teams in their own right so it's not like the bigger universities are only producing and competing with sort of six to eight players in that first team squad at a high level there's seconds and third teams coming through with real quality yeah I mean I think if, if you go down into the, if you go down to Midlands League one yes you do see Birmingham seconds and steel seconds in there um fourth and fifth and mixing it with three uni first teams and Derby <laughs> oh Seahawks didn't James James famously never win DPL with the Seahawks well he was on their bench <laughs> I think he may be timed for them <laughs> timed for them <laughs> uh, you know people like if if Dave Paul you know Straubs anyone from that team is, is listening to this could you send us a message about how much he he did that season. I'd be, yeah. We'd all like to know. <laughs> We've heard varyingly, diff- wildly yeah. varying rumours about how much he contributed to that team. But yeah, like you say, look at that league. Okay, yeah, they're fourth and fifth, but then there's also three teams on six points, and they're on five points, one of them. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if Steel 2 turn up next week and win both games, they can go up to second. Yeah. That's how close that league is. Coventry a little further out um, at the top, but either of the two teams could end up second after the next league meet, which just says everything you need to know about how competitive that is. And it's a real shine of commitment as well because I know having chatted to some of the guys who are still at uni of and some of our friends who are a bit younger than us cry. Um, the moving the men's super league, the formation of the super league for the uni teams has actually meant that the setup is quite difficult in terms of transportation because the super league teams are going down to London to compete. There's then second teams competing in the Midlands and the women who are also competing in the Midlands are on a different day. <laughs> So it's all dodgeball all the time, especially since a lot of these players, like increasingly, I would say, numbers of these players are playing for a uni team and a community team. So there's some really, really dedicated people, as ever, who are making sure these teams stay competitive and also just literally get from one side of the country to another. And like, as much as the regional leagues, leagues the regional leagues are brilliant in cutting down the travelling distance, it's still a really big chunk of time. That people put into competing in these leagues yeah. and money like because i mean we're all sort of adults now and have slightly more money to throw out our terrible dodgeball habit but like getting coaches back into and across the country like especially people have to get on the train like it all adds up really quickly yeah. so there's some really dedicated people playing for these teams yeah um yeah. Dun, dun, dun. it's really good looking at this as, as we kind of scroll through these just get all the points and whatnot the fact that there's now a North League One and a North League Two. I think we'd all probably agree for for years. Obviously, everyone always used to joke that you know Leicester and Midlands were the were the home of dodgeball for, for so many years with teams. Really, um, the the North of England was always apart from you know Manchester and Leeds. There was a, it was quite lacking until I, it felt like Sheffield kind of burst onto the scene a few years ago. To see you know you look at North League One, you got Newcastle, Sheffield, Lancaster, MMU, Sheffield, Hallam. And Muds to see like the, the mixture of team who are still in there now, um, that that many are all taking part at different unis it, is great. And then you go back into League Two, you can add a few second teams, but you can also add UCLan and York to that. So you know you're talking about six or seven different universities now, all in the north. Whereas, you know, three years ago you could you could comfortably half that probably who were competing yeah. competitively, not just at the very like odd open. So again, it's just highlighting once again this is expanding sport, and that's that's what this is all about we've got to try and get it bigger and more people playing so hopefully this will encourage it yeah, I guess also massive props to um, a lot of the unis that you just mentioned bursting onto the scene but also bursting onto the scene and staying competitive in the level that they're playing in the vast majority of cases um, like York University and Sheffield Hallam and Newcastle in particular are three fairly fresh faced unis comparatively speaking as far as I'm aware and the fact that they're mixing it in North League 1 and doing well in North League 1 and 2 <laughs> is yeah like 
it, it also does a lot to for the retention of those um retention of those players at their university particularly if it's a small club and you go out and you get pasted every every time you go um it doesn't do a lot for your players coming back the next year and all the rest of it and having that uh longevity and ability to keep playing is which we've just alluded to as being um being so fundamental in the success of steel and warwick and uh Birmingham lions should hopefully keep those unions afloat so yeah hopefully see a lot more of them and we mentioned brighton brighton new club in brighton so it's been another club berkshire royals set up over the summer i think about fair to say yeah, yeah so last summer I mean. still, yeah we're still less than a year yeah and so hopefully if you've got lots of people and i realize people travel over the country go to university but if you've got many more people in the north of england playing dodgeball Hopefully it won't be long until people like Hartlepool, who are doing absolutely sterling work, they've got a really big junior presence, have a few other clubs to compete against locally, and then we can start moving the, we still call it community dodgeball, the community dodgeball regional leagues even further afield, and mean that there's many more levels of competition to, for everyone to get involved in, which is great. Talking of fresh-faced unis, let's go to the South League. Essex Lions, my favourite. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I knew there was one. I thought no, there were going to be more. East Essex Lions, they're the only fresh face that we can have see in South. Hearts have, have been around for a season? Um, no, a been, been, been bit, for a bit couple. Longer, yeah. um, they've got a few community oh, no, players in as well. They, so you've got Beth Adam, Dix, Adam Alaz, Tara Jones. Um, there is somebody else I'm forgetting, so I apologise. for a while. So, yeah, um, was out for, I think, for a year. They, they've had and that's worked really well for them um, that blend of a couple of really experienced community players coming in with just enth- enthusiastic freshers it's a, it's a great mix for a uni <laughs> team um, and yeah so great to see them competing for you know the third or fourth year in a row and yeah just looking at the rest of the Purple Cobras Winchester Bullets they're the, the established Southern teams there and great to see that they are still doing it I suppose speaking of, I suppose it works both ways in that we're hoping the university students leave university and go out and help expand or found clubs in their local area, whatever they settle. But equally, we keep hearing about how good the uptake is of dodgeball for school children. So kids and then teenagers going to university and wanting to continue playing dodgeball keeps people aware more clubs are likely to set up the university leagues are equally likely to get bigger and keep people playing through i think you'd agree it's probably like, like i mean we all picked this up at university but it's quite an awkward stage like, i know a lot of people that i knew from home who were sporty or danced a lot it's difficult to keep that going through university if you're not really dedicated so if, as more kids come through wanting to keep playing dodgeball as they grow up i think the more and more university teams and the opportunities for university to keep competing hopefully will keep more people in the sport for longer I'm trying to edge this around to talk about Bucks should we talk about Bucks I don't, do we know enough about Bucks did you read it the happens document? at uni <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I feel like every every about fourth episode we've, got, we've had a conversation about how every year since we've started it's going to be Bucks next year <laughs> but it's actually going to be Bucks this year yeah, it's actually going to be Bucks next year it's not going to be Bucks next year. It's probably, it's probably not. I mean, the hope for the sport that it is, I, I still think we're in North and South, a few unis away from that. I don't. I think it's got to be getting close because we're more and more doing it. And, you know, with some teams being successful every year, their departments are definitely going to take notice of it. Um, if it does get to that point, then amazing. Yeah, I mean, that will do the community game further down the line that that's what like that's that long game and, you know not as long as you like to say going to primary schools we're waiting 10 plus years for some of them to come through um so going that way but obviously like leeds uni started a dodgeball club i think last year so we might see more of those as well as the community um like i said books it's it's on a cycle if they can get into the next one so that's it uh, the, the problem with books is there's many teams that have started but are not yet competitive um that's the next step. It, it's getting those unis who, there's probably dozens of unis who aren't on that list who actually have a team, but just don't enter any tournaments. Yeah. So it's finding a way to get them wanting to go and be competitive and, and take part in it. Yeah, we've got as far as we're now involved in cycle two of out something. Of, do we know cycle two of books? Do you know what well, that is? Two out of what, five, four? More than two. More than, right, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> so basically, what has been quite interesting, and I mean, British Dodgeball, as some people will be aware, have been like overhauling their website, which has been interesting. I think gen- generally it's working yeah. fairly well. Yeah. Um, right. It looks really nice, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> Dave is coming out of this podcast with friends, and no one else is. Yeah, but what they have been really good on, I think, and especially what I would say definitely British Dodgeball are very strong is their social media presence and keeping people up to date about stuff like this. So if you are really, really boring, like me, you can actually read the, genuinely, you can read the Bucks, like, pitch that British Dodgeball have made to Bucks. And it's got a lot of the stats. That, do you ever remember they came out with that? Also, probably only me that read it. Like, status report at the end of last season about, like, how many junior kids were playing, how big the leagues were and all that. Vaguely, yes. Yeah. They put... That's such a polite no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, gen- I genuinely. So when do. you say a pitch to Bucks, I'm now picturing it's like Dragon's Den style. That like there's four people sat there from Bucks and like Ben and Aiden have gone in. Like we'd like to present this to you today. Is that how it works? Was that just in my head? I think I'm hope we're going to say that's how it works because yeah. nobody knows any different. Yeah. So so they <laughs> no, walked in. They went up the lift and went into the room with. So what would they have on their table? Like you know, it's normally piles of money, like piles of medals. <laughs> I was thinking just maybe actual dodgeballs. Actual dodgeballs. No, it's the buck, the the, the bucks, dragons. Yeah, the bucks dragons. <laughs> I feel like our analogy is falling apart. I feel like we should have got Ed Holland in to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Don't but yeah, so be here all night. Essentially, oh my God, Sam. <laughs> well, there's the first definite edit out of this. <laughs> I'm not sure it is the first definite edit out. <laughs> But it is an edit, and that's what's important. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm in charge of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if I was editing this, yeah, I'd be throwing you under the bus so hard. <laughs> that, that'd be the segue. <laughs> yeah, so essentially, they did that massive survey at the end of last year, and lots of people, as ever, said they thought it'd be really good to get uni sport into books. And we have got as far as a conversation with books where they've been like, oh, yes, this sounds really interesting. Something, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe. What I found really interesting, because I'm an anorak and I had nothing to do other than write my PhD at this point, was that it would still be British Dodgeball, like, officiating the league. So, because I always imagined you sort of pass it off to Bucks and then, rightly or wrongly, essentially wash your hands of University Dodgeball apart from potentially inviting them to the Opens, which was, it would be a massive shame, because it is so important, as we've said, to keep in touch with the people who are coming through. But apparently what it would actually be like is it becomes Bucks affiliated and British Dodgeball keeps running it, which is, I think, quite a nice solution. We're now just looking at a document which none of us know where the important bits are. The fact well, that we went straight to the reference page. I've gone to the conclusion, you <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> the resource implications for Bucks would be, and I quote, manageable. <laughs> <laughs> so aim high, kids, aim high. Yeah, although apparently 600... No, hang on, wait for it. 613,000 students play dodgeball in schools each week. Well, as someone who has actually ran level two courses in the last 12 months, I think I must have ran courses for close to 60, 70, maybe even 80 people. Nearly 98% of those, I'd say, are either primary school teachers or people who go into primary schools to do lunchtime or after school clubs. And they're all getting qualifications in dodgeball because there is an actual demand for it now. Which is crazy. Which is crazy, which is great. I mean, for people like us, we'll probably never see the benefit because a lot of those kids, it's going to be 10, maybe 10 years till they, they could play in an adult league. Or, you know, well, and then so they're going to wipe the floor with us as well. So it's if I'm still playing in 10 years, somebody please just drag me off court. <laughs> like, I'd have issues. Like, my, my, I can barely get through a weekend I did yesterday. But again, that's if that can take up and that number increases and stays the same, then it'll have more people wanting to play, which might give books that kind of kick up the arse they need to take it up. If that's what helps get more people into sport and get it more competitive, then okay. But as long as that's the case, it doesn't segregate it more, then that's what we have to be a bit more careful of. Yeah, I would. if anyone's even vaguely interested, I would recommend you can find this. If you just literally Google Bucks Dodgeball, you'll find this Cycle 2 document. My favourite line so far, Dodgeball is not yet at a level where it is a professional sport. <laughs> like, just, I cry what do you know? every time. Catherine's just looking at big words and be like, I'll read this sentence. I'll read this sentence. <laughs> Look, facts and figures. <laughs> this, is, this is my life. Well, yeah, as, as Catherine said, when it comes to books, we're, we are maybe a step further forward than we were. Yeah. 
Um, but it, there's still a long way to go on Boxing Uni. I, like I said, I just kind of reiterate the point of, I think it will be really good from a competitive point of view if that pumps a bit more funding in and makes transport easier. So that was always one of the big things when, when we were there is we didn't really have any drivers at that point or people didn't want to use their own car because it would all be packed and then obviously it's petrol money and it's everything else. You know, if this can provide the infrastructure for teams to go to more things, compete more, that's great. That's what we want. What we don't want is to take it further and further away from the communities um, because we need that link between university to community clubs to keep the sport growing properly. It's no point having it massive at uni then if no one wants to play after. It's finding the bridge between the two is what we have to look for. That's quite profound, Dave. Thank you. And people say we don't make good content. I'm trying, but I've just got Sam slagging everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's difficult. We have to appeal to two types of audience. Yeah, I think I think what we're doing at the minute is it's damage control with Sam. <laughs> Sounds like standard sheriffs, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there you he's go, that's be- a dig at me. Yeah, he's even being mean to himself. <laughs> Where to go from here? I don't really. I, I think that's, that's the only way it's up for us, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I think, and also thank you to everyone who has got in touch on Instagram, even though I don't remember your names properly. It is really, really sweet that people actually like yeah. message in and stuff like that. We have tried to go through the things that people have asked for content about. Uh, we clearly didn't get round to doing any predictions on here for British Open, but I ineffectively did them over stories, so hopefully someone enjoyed that. But yeah, um, especially if you're Essex Dodgeball. Oh, Exeter Dodgeball. Oh, Exeter, Exeter Dodgeball also wanted to get in touch. Jesus Christ, it's only Monday. I can't even say it's been a long week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if there's anything yeah. you'd like us to cover, then obviously do send the Instagram or the Facebook page. Or the Twitter. Or the Twitter. If you, um, basically, if you send it Twitter, you get Sam. If you send it Instagram, you get me. You can send it okay. anywhere. I'll, you don't get me or Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> which is probably the safe bet for yeah, yourselves. Ab- absolutely. Well, there's any points you want us to cover, anything you think we should be talking about, do get in touch. Um, we will try our best to. We can't We can't promise the professionalism in which we will do it, but or we might at least mention it. Content, yeah. We're always looking for new He's ideas. He's never stopped us before. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, we'll be back. Are you saying next month, Sam? We'll yeah, wait until we've got the next two regions. I think, I think middle of next month um, could be good because we will have two, two more league fixtures done yeah, by we'll then. We'll be halfway, halfway, halfway through the league halfway and halfway through, through, through next as well. Yeah. yeah. So I think, unless obviously anybody has any pressing issues that they want to discuss. Since <laughs> 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 we become like counsellors <laughs> through podcasting. And, or anybody want to like to be insulted by Sam maybe. <laughs> we can do those as like isolated mini episodes. <laughs> you, can have a, you can have a pod bite of Sam insulting you. <laughs> I feel like there's a good career choice there for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting dark real quick. You'll be insta-famous before you know it. Yeah. No, I think... That's a wrap before we offend anyone else. Or before I offend anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> right, thanks a lot for your time, guys. And thanks for tuning in, if anyone has. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks to the state or the end. <laughs> if yeah. so, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, we'll see you all next month. We'll do it again. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Until Bye. next one.